Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning. Sounds of the Hollies. One of their members, Bobby Elliott, turned 77 today. Good morning, it's 537 on 700 WLW, Gary Jeff Walker. Before we look at a look back at significant events and people tied to this particular date in history, including, but not limited, to these. 1813, Beethoven's Symphony No. 7 in major, Opus 92, first performed. I remember it well. I was in the audience that night. President Abraham Lincoln issued his proclamation of amnesty and reconstruction for the South this day in 1863, trying to plan for what came after Civil War. The American Federation of Labor founded in Columbus, Ohio, the state in 1886. Damn unions. 1941, December 8th, the United States entered World War II officially as Congress declared war against Imperial Japan a day after the attack on Pearl Harbor. A United Airlines Boeing 737 crashed while attempting to land at Chicago Midway in 1972, killing 43 of the 61 on board, as well as two people on the ground. This was the date in 1980 that John Lennon was shot and killed walking back to his Dakota apartment building with Yoko Ono by a deranged fan named Mark David Chapman. 1982, in this state, a man demanding an end to nuclear weapons held the Washington Monument hostage, threatening to blow it up with explosives he claimed were inside a van. He was shot dead by police. There were no explosives. 1991, AIDS patient Kimberly Burgulis, who had contracted the disease from her dentist, died in Fort Pierce, Florida at the age of 23. 1998, struggling to stave off impeachment, President Bill Clinton's defenders forcefully pleaded his case before the House Judiciary Committee. The Supreme Court ruled the police cannot search people in their cars after merely ticketing them for routine traffic violations. Flutist James Galloway is 79. Jerry Butler, great soul singer, 79 years old today. Actor John Rubenstein, 72. Toots Hibbert of Toots and the Maytals. Reggae band, 70 today. Kim Basinger is 65. Phil Collin, not Phil Collins, Phil Collin, who was in the band Def Leppard, is 61 today. Country singer Marty Rayborn is 59. 
Ann Coulter's 57th birthday. Marty Friedman, 56. Actor Wendell Pierce is 55. Terry Hatcher's 54 today. How about that? Bushwick Bill from the Ghetto Boys is 52. Sinead O'Connor, who? Shuhada David is her uh, AKA, 52. Ryan Newell from Sister Sister Hazel is uh, 46. Dominic Monaghan is 42. I just don't see much here. Oh, country singer Sam Hunt's 34. Kate Vogel is 32. That's enough. We've got your forecast in 2020 sports in minutes as we get you going on the Saturday morning edition on 700 WLW. Yo, it's at 545. Here's some of what's passing for news around the country, around the tri-state, around the world. International news, Rome, six people died, dozens injured in a stampede at a nightclub in the coastal town of Coronaldo on the Adriatic Sea. People panicked and ran for the exits after someone sprayed a noxious substance inside this club. Terror comes in all shapes and sizes. A state jury in Virginia yesterday delivered a guilty verdict in the case of James Alex Fields Jr. versus Virginia, rejecting his claims that he acted in self-defense during a Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. In August of 2017, that crash killed, of course, 32-year-old Heather Heyer. Guilty as charged. Paris, still on edge. After the burnings and the rioting of a week ago, a crowd of yellow vest protesters marching once again down the Champs-Élysées. Hundreds of people gathered early today around the Arc de Triomphe, which was damaged in rioting a week ago. Then they started walking peacefully down the avenue, lined with high-end shops normally bustling before the Christmas holidays, but boarded up this weekend amid worries of more looting or other damage. A Guatemalan living in the U.S. illegally says she faced abusive working conditions as a maid at Donald Trump's New Jersey golf club. She doesn't resort, uh, resent speaking out, even though she might lose her job and be deported. Victorina Morales telling this to the AP. And the Justice Department, according to, uh, this is, again, the special counsel's office of Robert Mueller, says Donald Trump directed illegal payments to buy the silence of women who claims whose claims of extramarital affairs threatened his presidential campaign, according this this in court papers that were filed yesterday, the first time the government has connected Trump to what it says are criminal campaign finance violations. There's a lot of discussion of whether this was any criminality at all. In Crown Point, Indiana, authorities have charged a northwestern Indiana woman for bludgeoning to death, her infant daughter. An Indiana man pleading guilty in the 1988 abduction, rape, and killing of an eight-year-old Fort Wayne girl pleaded guilty yesterday to murder and child molestation charges in the long unsolved killing of April Tinsley, John D. Miller, his name. I had a story that I had to... Well, there was an elephant birth at the Columbus Zoo. That wasn't it. Ah, here it is. Ohio State University students can now fuel up on pork as they study for finals. A bacon vending machine has been installed at the College of Food, Agricultural, and Environmental Sciences on the university's uh, campus. It offers cooked bacon strips and bacon bits for $1.
Small price to pay for bacon on campus. The Ohio Pork Council, of course, has sponsored the machine. It received bacon donations from Smithfield, Hormel, and Sugardale. See, there is good news. There is good news. See, uh, health officials in Ohio say the number of infant deaths in the state decreased overall from 2016 to 2017, but the racial disparity continued as deaths among black infants increased. In Kentucky, well, it's actually in West Virginia, a former Miss Kentucky, 28-year-old Ramsey Bierce, who teaches in West Virginia, has been charged with sending nude pictures to a 15-year-old former student. I guess uh, she was encouraging him to participate in the talent portion of the pageant. Criminal complaint says the student's parent informed authorities of lewd pictures sent by Burse that were found on the teenager's phone. The unidentified parent said Burse had been the boy's teacher during part of his time at Andrew Jackson Middle School in Cross Lanes. She admitted to sending the nude photos on Snapchat. And a spokesman for the school district declined to comment but confirmed that Bierce was a teacher at the school. Emphasis on was. I see dicks hanging, which is always a good sign this time of the morning. We'll get to him next. 700 WLW. Good morning. I swear I will wake up before this show is over. And Grant Knowles, my producer, has promised to do the same. Stop me short on some weather. Come on, dude. You know, I'm already having like a slow morning. Can you help me along? My nose is running like a like Niagara Falls here for some reason this morning, which makes it almost virtually impossible to talk or say anything uh, outside of a couple of syllables here and there. So, you know what? You, you, my trusted, valued listener, people who have been loyal to me for years are going to have to cut me some slack this morning. Cut me a break. Just just give me a few more minutes. I know the show officially starts at 5.30, but I would say, after the news at 6, welcome to the first official hour of the Saturday morning edition. Because the first half hour is always like making waffles. You throw out the first batch, and you get it right the second time around. But it takes one failed waffle to make truly great waffles, whether they're Belgian or otherwise. I'm just telling you this from experience, if you don't already know. And I'm sure you do, because my listeners, you, are some of the most intelligent, forgiving, lovely, handsome, beautiful people on the planet. And I certainly appreciate you the way I know you appreciate me. God bless you. Good morning, Dick! Good morning, Gary Jeff. How are you? You know, Dick, I'm just, it's a slow morning for me. I'm having trouble getting going. Oh. You know, it's, I mean, the pistons are moving, but, you know, the, the engine's choking out a little bit. Think I should spray my carburetor? Yeah. There's been, over where I work, there's been a bit of big absence. It must so, be a. No, I'm not sick. I'm just a uh, little slow. Slow, huh? S- slower than usual, yeah. Really? Maybe I need to have my points and plugs checked. Maybe. Maybe I need to be lubed. 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 Oh. How, like how often do you get lubed, Dick? Oh. I take the 
car in probably every every every. Uh, oh, the car. Okay. The car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's the car. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. For oil change, you know. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta keep that oil changed. Right. But it's good to have a lube job every once in a while, Dick. Don't you agree? I agree. Yeah. So hey, what's, on, what's on your mind? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tell you that uh, I've kind of, we got a nice little Christmas bonus on our check, so that's... Fantastic! That means I can buy presents for uh, you at 700 and grand. No, we, we don't need any presents from you, Dick. Just knowing that you are going to have a little bit more joyful Christmas because of this financial windfall is present enough for me. You understand Good. what I'm saying? So don't get us anything. Have you got okay. any more Christmas cards? Uh, you know, well, they closed the post off the day the president was buried. Well, I understand. We haven't had mail for a couple of days. I think they're behind, Jerry Jeff. This is not good. Well, yeah, because it's getting closer and closer to the big day. I know. Going to get those cards and letters coming into Dick from Dayton, 2579 Walford, W-A-L-F-O-R-D. Right. Road or drive? Drive. Drive. Dayton 40, Ohio. Dayton 45440. Right. Dick from Dayton. Get those Christmas cards sent out, folks. What else is going on, Dick? Well, I... uh... Congratulations we had our on the Christmas bonus. Party last Monday night, and yeah. I'm going. I'm off this week. You know, I have to take some vacation. And you know what, Gary Jeff? Use it or lose it, Dick. Yeah, you lose it or lose it. And yeah, regardless lose of it or Dick, lose it. we're going to miss you very much here. You know, they're we're a little short of help. You know, they right. don't look forward to this, but uh, you got to take it or lose it or you know. Yep, losing your dick is often painful. Listen, uh, thanks for calling in. And and yep. we'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. Say good night. Bengals twenty seven twenty four tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. He's delusional. Good night. Good night. Bye. Get off my Bye. phone. Get off my phone. Seven hundred WLW. Into the first official hour of this Saturday morning edition for Saturday December eighth twenty eighteen. Gary Jeff Walker. Great to be with you. Special lows. I don't even know if they're they're up because I don't know if they've recovered from their hangovers. Of Thursday at Huddles, but hello to everyone from the Tri-State Bankers Association, their after-Christmas party at Huddles, which was very successful. You got to meet a lot of friends and fans of this program, and I thank you for your love, as Willie would say, and your lust. Specifically, Michelle McMullen, a lovely lady. She and her husband, Jerry, were part of this soiree at the bar on Thursday. They said they'd never miss a show. It was great to meet you. Great to have you in the bar. Hope you'll come back again. And many happy returns and yada, yada, yada. 513-749-7000, are the two main numbers. Pound 700 on AT&T is a free call. You can also email at Gary Jeff Walker at 700wlw.com. We are joined now by Dave from Harrison. Hello, Dave. Good morning, Gary Jeff. How are we doing? 
Doing well, doing well. You you wanted to mention that this is the beginning of the Christian calendar Advent this yes. week, correct? Which yes. which comes right before Christmas tide. Yes. Yes. Which comes before the twenty second as well, but that's another matter. Yeah. Um, yes. What well, the time when we have Christmas parties and uh, at huddles and um, and we. Uh, um, Look forward to the coming of the Messiah. Yes, and we prepare our hearts for that. Um, we treasure up in our hearts all these things. Absolutely. Okay. What else? And, huh? What else? Well, um, along with this time comes the uh, the infamous uh, Crosstown Shootout. Yeah, that's today, isn't it? Yes. UC Xavier on the uh, campus of University of Cincinnati, the revamped, revitalized, remodeled Fifth Third Arena. Yes. Now, now you know, uh, Skyline is uh, selling the um, the Crosstown Shootout basketballs there. Yeah. I don't don't know if you've seen them. They're pretty nice looking this year. I mean, you almost wouldn't want to, you know, just set them up on a panel or something. You're saying these balls are so nice you wouldn't want to play with them. Well, yes, but the, the other week uh, after uh, we were there and we went in to pay. And, if know, you do, I, and you know what? If you do play with your Skyline Chili Crosstown Shootout basketball, do it inside on a gym. Because if you play yeah. outside, you could scuff your balls. And nobody needs that. Yes. Well, right. But you're an old basketball guy. You know that. Um, mm. Well, I mean, I went up to the manager got to pay, and I asked him. I said, I'm very respectful, and, you know, as nice as oh, I could. I right. said, sir, I said, would you mind if we – Play your balls, you know, a little before we decided to buy. No, see, see, Dave, I've already used that joke, so Ow. you can't. All right, it's it's from the Depart- Depart- Department of Redundancy Department at that point. Your Honor, I withdraw that statement. Then. Okay, there we go. Let's continue. Uh, got Dixon and, and Lynette's cards written. They're going out today. Oh, cool. So and and a warning! A warning to Dick and Lynette: You may not be able to really discern the high, the hieroglyphics that are Dave's handwriting, but it's—I know the sentiment is real, and and I know that you have only the best intentions, Dave. They need translators. Yeah, absolutely. Card translators. Yes, card translators. L- listen, uh, Dave. Yes. Uh, in the spirit of well, keeping the rest of the listening public on the program, yep. I need—I need to say, get off my phone. We'll take a break. It's 10 minutes past the hour. 700 WLW. There is a light at the end of this tunnel that's not an oncoming train. It happens to be my friend, the music professor, Jim LaBarbera, who will be joining us after 6.30 this morning. And we'll just uh, shoot the breeze, talk turkey, do the stuff, you know, and uh, you can join in. 513-749-7000, From Boca, Paul. In Boca Raton, Florida, as a longtime Saturday morninger, I now take a break, like you at the news break. The news department has become the gossip department on whatever the MSM is saying about the Trump administration. Today, it's some lying, lisping Oregon senator waxing on Cohen gossip about Russia. No one cares. Hang in there, buddy. You will wake up soon. Yeah, maybe. Only be so lucky. Oh, look, at we've got Rick from Indy with a reception report. Old radio Rick, how are you this morning? Good morning, Gary. Jeff, doing great. How are you, sir? I already know Dude, how you are. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm here. 
Hey, listening to you 5x5 five five on a uh, 1960 Macintosh high-fidelity AM-FM tuner. Really? Yeah, this thing is a, uh, a absolutely gorgeous piece of uh, hi-fi nostalgia. It has more tubes than it needs and more knobs than I don't know what to use for it, but... Uh, this is a this is a great example of AM reception options. It's got a uh, AM selectivity switch that I can pick up WLW sounding a little bit quiet and absolutely gorgeous, or screaming loud and it sounds like I'm listening to you through a couple of uh, tomato soup cans and a piece of string. Oh, jeez! <laughs> but if you want to pick up the station, you're going to pick it up with this thing. <laughs> That's if the signal is there, you can pick it up. What, right. what happened to all those all those tuners with the great selectivity? I mean, I what? I know that. I guess with I the current technology, Rick, is what I'm saying is probably there's just not a big demand for it. But I remember back in the day, and like the the piece of equipment you're talking about right now, that, that super sensitive. So, like, if there if there was a signal there, by God, it could it could just grab it and pick it up. Sure. Well, and of course, it costs money to uh, be able to have that in your home. So that was a uh, a big selling point. Of course, Macintosh was very high end stuff, very high end gear in the day. Yeah. But um, but the other part of it too is that unfor- uh, I say unfortunately, but kind of cool with the technology that exists today um, outside of terrestrial radio. Um, obviously, okay, it doesn't matter if I can pick up Kansas City or not because why? <laughs> As a, uh, well, a friend of mine, his two sons helped me uh, move into this house a few years ago and, and saw all the radios sitting there, and the kids are just like, what the hell is all this stuff? And he said, right. they're pretty much iPods. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> it's like, oh. Well, you mentioned specifically Kansas City, and there's a couple of reasons. You've got iHeartRadio so that you can probably pick up a station from Kansas City on iHeartRadio somewhere. And right. And even more importantly, I've heard Kansas City Radio, there's nothing there to listen to. Whatsoever. <laughs> Except the Chiefs game. Go Chiefs! Go Chefs! Yeah. Go Chefs! <laughs> I remember uh, as a kid rigging up a, an antenna on a uh, old Heath radio that I built when I was in elementary school, believe it or not, um, to pick up a station. I was in upstate New York. It was to pick up a station in North Carolina so my uncle could listen to an interview with Isaac Asimov on a local AM station at 2 o'clock in the morning. Isaac Asimov at 2 o'clock in the morning. You know what? It was not worth staying up for, well, I'm no. sorry to say. <laughs> no, what I was going to say, Isaac Asimov at 2 o'clock in the morning sounds like a pretty, uh, sounds like a chub to me. Listen, uh, <laughs> are you coming into town? Eight. Are you coming into town? I'm about to leave right now. I'll okay. see you at Huddles about 3.30. All right, man. Thank you very much, and we'll see you later. By the way, if you've got a, a classic antique radio, uh, as I like to call them, a great family memory that you'd like to have repaired or restored, if he has time in the new year, he'll probably be able to get it get to it for you. Uh, the uh, email address is oldradiorick at gmail.com. That's oldradiorick, all one word, at gmail. Dot com. Getting ready for uh, Bengals Chargers. They're out on the left coast to face off against a team that ought to thoroughly drub them. I think they were 14-point underdogs, the Bengals were, earlier in the week. I mean, there's nobody left, basically. But we'll have the preview for that in just a moment. I have spoken before about, and again, 
if this is the worst thing that happens to me today, I have a pretty good life. I'll just preface this with that. I've spoken to you before about drive through windows. I, I don't go to many fast food restaurants. I would prefer to make it myself because I know actually what's in it and how it was prepared. But occasionally you have to go through a fast food drive through Matter of convenience, you're out of time. And that was the case this morning. Wanted something to eat to fortify myself before this long three-and-a-half-hour trek we make every Saturday morning together here on 700 WLW. And as I pulled into the Golden Arches... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Drive through. Order window. Up to them. I'm sitting behind this woman. I can tell it's a woman because I can see her out of her rear view mirror. And she is ordering. My first rule of thumb is if you go to McDonald's, you don't have to look at the menu board. You should know exactly what the hell you're going to get. It's McDonald's. I know there are a lot of choices, probably still too many choices on the menu. But you have an idea when you say, I'm pulling into McDonald's to order some food. I exactly know what I'm going to get. It's not like I'm, I'm baffled. It's not like... You're at a five-star restaurant asking the maitre d' to help you sound out the French dish that you may or may not want. I mean, the special at McDonald's is the special every damn day at McDonald's. Come on. And that's nothing against McDonald's. It's one of the good things about McDonald's. So that's number one. But I'm behind this woman for, and I'm counting. She's ordering. I can see in her rearview mirror that she is actually talking to the person who is at the order window on the other side, putting in an order. She keeps talking. It's two minutes. It's two and a half minutes. It's three minutes. So what could be taking so long? I can tell she's still talking. She's not waiting on the person inside to respond to her. She's talking. So finally, she pulls away. She, no, she, no, no this, she's ordering. So finally, she pulls away from the order window to go up to the pay window. I make my order in about... 10 seconds, if that. Because it's McDonald's, I knew what I was getting. Done. So I pull up to the pay window, and she's proceeded to pull ahead to the next window to get her food, ostensibly. So I'm at the pay window, and I asked the guy, I said, what, what took so long with that woman ordering? Oh, she was arguing about the price. What? Yeah, she didn't want to pay an extra 50 cents for the hash browns. So I'm sitting here waiting for four minutes because this woman is haggling her hash browns at McDonald's? At pr prior to 4 o'clock in the morning, she's haggling her price of hash browns at McDonald's. Lady, you're not going to haggle your price. And the kid at the window doesn't have the authority to not charge you the proper price for your hash browns. Again, if that's the worst thing that happens to me today, I'm golden. But still, come on. 24 minutes till the top of the hour, 636 Eastern, 700 WLW. 
And Gary Jeff Walker, the Saturday morning edition, being joined in the studio by my buddy, my pal, the music professor, Jim LaBarbera. How you doing, Jimmy? Good morning. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm up now. Sycamore Township trustee. Thank you. Thank you. The Honorable. The Honorable <laughs> Jim LaBarbera. I got a Christmas card that said that. The Honorable. I said, what? Who's that? <laughs> it's like. And it's funny, too. All, all these people that have that designation. How many of them are actually honorable? Exactly. <laughs> the world the of point. politics, yeah. All right, no doubt. So uh, among other things, we're going to be talking about Jimmy's book, which is, is it out in paperback now? Has it it's been out in paperback. The soft cover is 2250. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I updated it. Uh, I was, it came out last summer. Yeah, I remember. And then I couldn't promote it because I decided I wanted to be a politician. Right. So I was like, yeah, that was it. So there's some updates, but if you have the hard copy version of it. Which I do. Thank you. you Signed by you. You don't need this then. All right. Just a few updates. Again, the uh, title is? Jim LaBarber, the music professor, a life amplified through radio and rock Rock and roll. roll. And we're going to be talking about some uh, particular stories that are in that book as we continue this morning. Uh, What's going on, man? What have you, you been up to? I know you've been busy with the, yeah, the, the township. Yeah, the politics thing. And it can, it can eat you up. It's a different, it's a different world for me, you know. Uh, but well, They uh, just approved a big... Uh, a big. Yeah, they, it, it uh, passed by a vote of two to one. You, and, were, you were the one. And I was the one. I guess. Was the one. What was the project? What, what, what is this, the project? It's uh, a gigantic $110 million project uh, right next to Jewish Hospital. Well, it seems that might be good for the township. Why'd you vote against it? Well, it's, uh, there's a we have a land use plan that the uh, the township had, well has not updated. They okay. have not updated since two thousand two, but uh, in that plan, it's really supposed to be transitional. When you're near a neighborhood, next to a neighborhood, it should be transitional, blend into the neighborhood. And the intent of that that's what it was. Well, this doesn't exactly blend into the neighborhood. This is uh, two buildings that are 100,000 square feet each, uh, 248 uh, apartments that uh, you can get Aqua is their place over in uh, Newport, and um, 1,200 parking spaces and a 350-car garage. So uh, I, I talked to the residents before I got elected. You know, they were upset. They had heard rumors about that, but everybody was, was kind of quiet about it. So that, that's, that's it. It's just it's so massive. The initial traffic uh, study that came out, the Rhone study, had nine lanes of traffic going up uh, Kenwood Road. Uh, and, and, of course, it can't happen. Nine so lanes? Nine lanes of traffic. No so way. It can't happen by 2040. By 2040. That's the projection. Well, it, can't, it absolutely can't happen. So the, the project is very massive. But, and there's got to be a balance between business and development and, and the residents. And the residents are the ones taking the back seat on this. It's just too big. If they knock off the hotel or the the office building, then I would say yeah. Then I would I would have to approve that. You know, if they do one of those and put some green space, put some green space there. Okay. So that that was my that was my initial uh, objection. Objection. And um, and I thought very strongly about it. There was something that I I, I mean I want to tell you I got, I got a PhD. Well, not a PhD, maybe a master's degree in studying this project. And 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 this is good for me as a trustee. To look at this is my foundation now, and how how, how they do things. And uh, I continually asked, I, I asked the president, the developer, over and over again, uh, to to lessen the density, and it never happened. Never happened. I was basically totally ignored. And then there was another plan that was out, a plan B that they brought up, 
and it included four office buildings where they didn't have to do anything. They didn't have to get any zoning approval, and it could go straight through. Right. So, uh, and that was just, it was a bluff. As it turned out, it was a bluff. It, they weren't going to do that. They don't want to do that because it would require a garage underneath this uh, development in between. It's, it's just interesting. Was 12, this, it would cost about $30 million, $40 million for the parking. And this garage. kind of stuff goes on in townships and cities all across America uh, from time to time. And there are some people who are reasonable. There are some people who are out for uh, whatever they can grab, and I'm not saying that's that's the case in this particular situation. But I'm just telling you, campaign. no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just saying there are some people who have the residents' best interests at heart, and there are some people who have their own interests at heart. This is a great and development if it was away from a residential area. This would be this would be in another part of the area by the highway or someplace. Mm. Yeah, you got to say that. But that's going to be we have the this is the crown jewel, the Kenwood Mall. That's our crown jewel. Traffic, we could kill that with traffic. And then the the whole the thing is, it's too massive. I mean, like, I look, you. look at the drawings of it. I mean, I bigger bigger is not bigger over. is not always better. And then but. one of the things was the, the green. Well, we're going to take care of. The, we're going to plant X amount of trees. Okay. Oh, they, and they have an arborist come in, and we're, we're talking so. I asked the armies, I said, okay, now I'm looking at the concrete here. You've got X amount of trees in the concrete. How do you do that? Oh, potted trees. Okay, potted trees over here. And then if you look at other developments where you have these huge buildings all around, where's the sun? Where's that? Where are they getting the sun for this? And then, then a big, big whole hour thing about saving the trees, what we could do. And it broke down to, on the property, we can save, this is on the actual property, three trees. That was a whole hour. Nice. Over Listen, an hour. I, we got a so break. We, we can go on and on. Yeah, that, I know. That's, we, yeah. we can't. We, we, we can't go on anymore. And so I, I really, nobody. Because know. I'm getting too excited. <laughs> the more we talk about massive projects in Sycamore Township, I'm just getting more and more and more excited. Massive. Huge. Big, huge, beautiful <laughs> project. Build, build that wall. 700 WLW. At 6.48, we go to Steve Schulte for our environmental news on a Saturday morning edition on 700 WLW. Good morning, Mr. Schulte, environmental engineer extraordinaire. How are you? All right, Gary, Jeff, Ben, Jim. Well, Barbara. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you asked me about this uh, a couple weeks ago, Gary, Gary Jeff, and uh, uh, several weeks ago, back around Thanksgiving. Yeah, go ahead. Uh the 2018 U.S. National Climate Assessment Report. Volume was, 2. Was issued. Volume 2. Uh, a couple, and we can talk. It's a multi-hundred-some page document. A lot of things we can talk about. Several things that I want to touch on. Go ahead. The biggest thing was it says that uh, by the end of the century, we don't do something right now. Uh, the temperature will increase about 15 degrees. Uh, and we would have very destructive heat waves devastating the U.S., especially in the southeast. Mm. A couple of interesting things. First of all, no, uh, that statement is only made one time in the report. No other time it's made in the report. In fact, it's double the most extreme value that you find elsewhere. Secondly, it's based upon all these assumptions were, are the worst. That, that is, let's say you have six assumptions. You make the assumption, and all the worst of each six factors occur at the same time. So it's the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. Right. Of course, it's very, very unlikely that, you know, the worst always have all the worst happens at the same time. 
No. And then we also have data. Uh, the data shows that heat waves across the U.S. as a whole were far worse prior to 1960 than, in fact, uh, during the 1920s and 1950s, they, uh, our country exhibited or experienced heat waves more intense than we do anything recently. Uh, and remember, I've, t- I've talked to this many times. Uh, the models that are used by these uh, scientists have predicted temperature rises two to three times higher than we actually have experienced. So that is, if you take the models and you use the models to predict the temperatures we have today, they will come up two to three times warmer than what actually happened. So the models are garbage. The models are fl- the models are flawed. Their models are flawed, but they continue to use them. Well, because you mentioned these so-called scientists, they may have gotten a Ph.D. somewhere at some point for some good reasons. But once you become a paid... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A paid wonk at the behalf of these carbon footprint globalists, you, at, at a certain point, I think you have to forfeit your title as a scientist. Well, the, the challenge is this, is our government and many of the governments around the world, except maybe now the French, you know, because the citizens have revolted, uh, you know, the vast, vast, vast majority of research done by uh, – on climate and whatnot is paid for by government. As I say, uh, I've said another little tidbit to always remember, uh, around the globe every day, $1 billion or $1,000 million a day, 365 days a year, is spent on climate change and sustainability. So if you are a scientist and your report does not conform to the what the politics wants it to conform to, what do you think the likelihood of getting more uh, money not for your uh, research? Uh, I'd say zero. Zero. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these scientists are just like you and I. They have expenses. They got children. They want to put to college, so on and so forth. So uh, another thing in the report. Real, real it, quickly, we got to wrap it up. It's been, it basically the report says we're going to have more hurricanes. But if the report neglects to look at the National Hurricane Center data going back to the 1800s. It clearly shows that we have been having a drop in landfall hurricanes since the 1960s. And the reason it feels like we have more is because more and more people live near or on the coast of the United States, particularly <laughs> yeah. the southeast and, you know, the Gulf, you know, Gulf of Mexico. So actually, that's what, that's what impacts the, what, why we see the "quote unquote" damage of these hurricanes. The frequency that, and severity is not as strong as it was before, but there are more people in its path. You got it. All right. And anybody who's been vacationing, as I have down in the Florida, you know, we had, used to have family vacations around 1970. Mm-hmm. You get out of the same area today, there's 20 times more people. Steve, have a great weekend. Thank you so much, you, sir. Have a blessed one. You Thank too. You.
And Miss Lynette, how are you? I'm fine, darling. Gosh, and you? I'm great. You held on for all of that. Your endurance, yeah. your endurance, and your patience just astounds me. I pray. I want to say to Boone County, Ron, I want Snickers, Mounds, or Butterfingers. There's little six packs at the dollar store for Christmas. Who's Boone County, Ron? The one that brings me the gifts. That's so sweet. Because because he heard about you on here or right on your show. Boone County Ron. Thank He's a saint. So He's a saint, isn't he? Yes, Saint Boone County Ron. So what else is going on, dear? Well, just waiting for another party about next week. Seems like that's all you do is party, party, we party. Had two in a row <laughs> last week. <laughs> My gosh, the the fun never ends at the home in Carrollton, does it? Right. And that's great that I'm having a good time here. At first, I thought. Hello? They've disconnected her again. See, they throw these parties just to make it seem as if this is an idyllic thing for these people in their golden years to live out in this place. But I believe this place is secretly like one of those evil, evil <laughs> mental institutions, <laughs> like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Sure. Let's 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 get together a bunch of people and get her the hell out of there. Let's take up a, a, a let's do a GoFundMe page. I wonder how that. long she was hanging on that phone though. You know, she's been on there for what? She tried three times. Finally got through in the fourth time. There may be a phone problem, or there may be a bunch of very very evil people in charge of this home. Listen, we got a break, and we'll come back. Okay. Gary, Jeff, Jim, LaBarbera, and you on the Saturday morning edition on seven hundred WLW. <laughs> Into another hour of the Saturday Morning Edition for Saturday, December 8th, 2018. 700 WLW online, 700WLW.com. I'm Gary Jeff Walker. Riding shotgun, my buddy, the music professor, Jim LaBarbera. More about uh, some stories of Jim's book. We're, we're hawking that this morning, kind of. Thank you. Pushing the book a little bit. Uh, also talking about Fratelli Uniti, which is an annual gathering of the Paisan, of the Italians. And it happens at the the special banquet, which I've gotten an invite. I went last year. You're invited. And I know. Tony, Tony Rosiello Tony called Rosiello. me. Make sure, make sure you talk to Gary. They, you talk to Gary they sent me an invitation in the mail. Oh, okay. Yeah. And said that I had to RSVP in blood by, by today because it's next Saturday. Uh, I'm on the air while this is going on, the first part of the breakfast. So I can't really be a part of the breakfast. I can come by as I did last year for... A few Dusty, minutes. Yeah, you got to stop. Dusty Rhodes. The, the, By the way. The king, he, he is the you, guest speaker. Hold on. Do you have your FU card on I you? I do have my FU card. I always carry it with me because if you don't have it and if you're in a bar situation, right. and believe me, these Italian guys that I hang around with. Uh, so let me ask you. They, they will, they if will I ask, call you on the FU if card. If I ask if you have yours. Yep. There it is. There you go. And, and you do have yours. Does that mean yep. I owe you a drink now? Because if you don't have yours on you, then you're supposed to buy me a drink. Yeah, that's a, yeah, but but we both have them. We're fine. We're okay, both fine. so no, it, no, it no. negates it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would Good. That. Cool. Yeah. yeah, we're playing Uno with our <laughs> fu cards. Thank you. It's really if you look at pictures of this group, that was the Italian Man of the Year. I guess they haven't had one since that 2015. The yeah. Italian Man of the Year. They haven't had one actually hey, since that time. 
F, F you. <laughs> and it is the big, there's a picture of me, I've got a hope, of me talking and accepting the award. And there's the F you thing in the background. Yeah, the big, the big flag. F, F you with the flag. Yeah. The Italian flag, yeah. Oh, it's man. a wonderful time. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we, we were talking about, you had, you had lunch with Gary Burbank last week. Or Love two Gary weeks Bur- ago. Yeah. Me too, man. Um, I miss him. Uh, he, and uh, Furman, Furman was there too. Andy Furman. The Furball? Furball was there. And, and he's got, I want to tell you, Furball has on Facebook, this thing where he wants to come back to WLW to do sports talk, right? And I, when, when he walked in, I said, "Wait, you, you're on the radio. You, they signed you up again. Huh? You're coming back. It's great to hear." He said, "No, where'd you get that idea?" I said, "But that was this, this station did those stunts for so many years. You know, right? Guy Quentin, he's coming back. I went bringing him. You know." And I, he said, "Nope, nope, that's not the case. That's not the case." So it was great listening to Furball, but Furbank has stories. He's got tons of stories. And he can tell them, too. Yeah. That's the really, thing. Uh, you, you can have stories, but if you can actually tell the story, you know, in an entertaining and, way. And, and, he, and he had some great ones. Oh, back. Yeah, and then the Elvis story, you know, because he always told that story about Elvis picking him up. He's hitchhiking. Uh-huh. And he said, you know, after years, he said, I, I, wanted, I began to doubt myself. I thought maybe it didn't really happen. It was because he embellished the story so many times. George Klein was upset with him because he was talking about Natalie Wood and hanging with Natalie, and he wasn't. You know, he just George was George was on the air was didn't get the bit. You know, and George was Elvis's best best right. friend, and and he said, you know, that that wasn't true. He said, I actually had a reunion, a high school reunion. He's there, and his wife, Gary's wife Carol, had, had begun to doubt the story too. Come on, Gary, you tell that story. Come on, you know, you know how wives get. So at this reunion, he said, I the first time I've seen this guy in years. He said, a guy comes up, hey, remember the time that Elvis picked us up hitchhiking? He said, so I know Elvis picked us up. Okay. He said, but the Good. rest of that story, he said, yeah, you know. It actually, uh-oh, hold on. Tony Rosiello. <laughs> morning, boys. How are we doing today? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Listen to me, Gary Jeff. When you walk in the room, we begin. You start. You stop in like you did last year. Come in and just hit, hit a little bit of it after you get off your shift before you head over to the bar. You're welcome anytime, anytime. Well, that sounds wonderful. And you know what I really have been encouraged to do <laughs> is to come over to your house oh, afterwards oh, well, because you know, I heard the food is just phenomenal. We've already started the process. I'm sitting here with my wife, Miss Sally, and uh, we will be cooking all week long for next Saturday. And uh, it is truly fabulous. And um, I usually give a care package to Jimmy, so I think what we'll try to do is Get a care package over to have him take a care package for you oh, and your that'd bride. Be, that'd be awful. That, that'd be awesome. 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 Jim Kiefer says he really loves your balls. <laughs> the meatballs. And That's he what makes. I meant. The meatballs. You know what? Jim Kiefer would say that, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, I... uh, he's a great guy. He's, he's wonderful. But, uh, yeah, we're ready to go. We've got some surprises uh, this year. Uh, in addition to having uh, uh, the King Dusty Rhodes uh, as our honored speaker, we have uh, Ed Burke with us. He's a, a World War II veteran, a hero. Uh, he was the only surviving tank commander through uh, D-Day throughout the entire war. His whole his whole battalion was unfortunately eliminated, and wow. he also uh, participated in freeing two concentration camps. It's a tremendous story, and we'd like to honor uh, our military every year too. So we do God, family, country, and heritage. And that heritage actually can be your heritage. So it's a it's a good day to get together as men and break a little bread and, and you know and have a little fun. And uh, you know we don't do enough of that. 
Well, Tony R., thank you so much for the invite, and I will uh, make an effort to stop by at least. That'll be good. Next Saturday Gentlemen, morning. Gentlemen, make it a great day. You too. Thanks, you know what? You know what I love the most? You know, you know what I love the most? The Sambuca toast with the coffee oh, beans. The, the coffee oh, beans yeah, 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 yeah. Still got Tom Davis Diaries ahead. And another story from Jim LaBarber's book, The Music Professor, A Life Amplified by Radio and Rock and Roll, as we continue in moments here on 700 WLW. Some job boards make you sort through tons of the wrong resumes, which makes finding a great candidate like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. That's not smart. The smart way? ZipRecruiter. They actively find and invite qualified candidates to apply. So, while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter now for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. All right. With a story from, a condensed story from Jim LaBarbera, the music professor, a life amplified by radio and rock and roll. You were talking about the time you almost died. Well, yeah, that, this was the Hell's Angels, the Hell's Angels story. What, what happened, I'm, I'm, uh, this jockey, Jay Bentley, started the Intrepid Leader in Erie, Pennsylvania, and uh, there was a guy that owed me some money, and I had a band called The People in this one bar, and I'd go in that bar all the time, and this guy owes me the money, he's there, so I sit down next to him in the bar, and I put my hand around him and gave him a little uh, inspiration to, to pay me back the money in the stomach with a couple jabs, and... He said, don't move. Uh, the Indian has a knife on you. And the Indian was a, a guy who was like a wino that would always go in there. And sure enough, he was getting ready to stab me. He had a knife under the uh, the. table. T- okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. And this guy, Gary Leroy Montgomery, a nice clean-cut kid, comes over and grabs the Indian and says, Jim, I'll get you the money. I will get you the money. Just come over here with me. And then I saw the knife. Then I, whoa. So then, <clears throat> Gary, Gary, come on, bring me. Gets me this money, this Gary Leroy Montgomery gets me the money, and then I go to Cleveland, and I'm using my real name, Jimmy LeBarber, on the radio. Right. And uh, there's ruckus at the radio station. Uh, I'm on the air. And knocking on the door is a group of Hell's Angels at Motorcycle Club. What happened was Gary Montgomery recognized my voice. Alan Douglas was doing a talk show, and he said, look, he, he's on the radio now, but come back tomorrow night. You can meet Jimmy and be on my show. So Sonny Barger, I think, was in that group of, they were trying to get a chapter in Cleveland. So they come back the next night. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know he's a Hell's Angel. I walk into the studio, and they're screaming and yelling, he's Hell's Angel, give me a hug, man, because I'm righteous. I, I'm a righteous guy. Man, this is Jimmy, man. This is Jay Bentley star. And uh, so they leave, and <clears throat> there's a gift for me. And my engineer, we were engineered, and I'm in a big room, like big room. Right, okay. And there's a, a, he keeps looking around the corner. There's a little girl, a little hippie girl, good-looking little girl. And I said, well, I'm sorry, the, the, the guys left. Gary left them. They called him the monkey. He was now the monkey, Gary Montgomery. He said, he's left. He's gone. And I said, well, you, you, no, no. She said, I'm yours. I said, well, mine. That's a gift. Gary, Gary won me in a card game, and, and you're, 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 you're my, I'm yours now. They left you said, a teenage No, I said, I can't. So I had to get a cab for her to leave. And then that story would end then. Okay, Gary Montgomery comes back. And then, except for one thing that happens in February of 1968, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, front page, and I couldn't believe it, 
two apparently innocent guys were murdered, gunned down in the early morning hours at Bardo's Cafe on Euclid Avenue. And the, uh, the, the one of these, now the, one of the 10 most wanted fugitives in the country is my buddy Gary Mon- The monkey. The monkey's wanted. He's one of the 10 most wanted fugitives. Wow. And then about a month later, uh, uh, he, there's a picture of him again, and they, they found him. And he's clean-shaven and everything out in California. And then that's not the end of the story. I'm working on WLW. I come down to WLW. And he's in the Cleveland, uh, in the Ohio State Penitentiary. Right. And he hears me talking about motorcycle riders and all that. And he said, hey, Jimmy, he sends me a real nice letter. Jim, I can't help you now. He said, uh, I'm going to be tied up for a while. <laughs> real <laughs> nice letter. And, uh, and that, was, <clears throat> that was it. But I tried to track him down. Yeah. And I, I think he must be in the, uh, they, they put him in something. He, he's, he's gone. His name is off of every record well, you could find except that Cleveland Plain Dealer story. May, maybe he's out. You know. sec, baby. Time now for the Tom Davis Diaries. I call them the Good morning, Tommy. As mind-blowing as it is to hear the voice of Smuckers talk about getting stabbed in a bar. Yeah. The one part of the story I don't believe is where he's like, she's a good-looking girl. I put her in a cap and sent her home. <laughs> <laughs> That's what no he way. says. <laughs> That's what he says. Here's some more unbelievable stories. This week, Coors Light kept me healthy. But first, some dude has implanted a GPS device into his chest. Louis of the Beat says the tracker was implanted at his request with two titanium bars under his skin, and it vibrates every time he turns north. He says it's something that he would like to sell to other people, and he would especially like to see the blind get it so they can navigate on their own. Okay, that'd be great if we're talking about blind birds, right? But there are many more perilous problems in navigating besides just direction, especially if you can't see. What'd you say? This is the blind trying to lead the blind. I don't know. 101-year-old Andrew Slavonic of McMurray, Pennsylvania, says that his long life is due to drinking Coors Light. He says the taste of the Rockies has been a daily habit for him for the last 15 years. Says he still cuts the grass, shovels snow, and so goes to the office every day. Although I'm slightly confused by this story. Is he drinking while doing all these things? If so, it's a lot less healing elixir and just plain dumb luck if he's still alive. Yeah. Embrace yourself. The future is now. A robot worker at Amazon poisoned 54 of its human co-workers in New Jersey. Workers became sick after a robot punctured a can of bear repellent. The pepper spray fell from a shelf before the robot crushed and releasing it into the air. 24 people sent to the hospital, two in critical condition. The robot was overheard saying 54 down, $6 billion to go. <laughs> and finally, Mary Wickenbach of Unity, Maine, can help you round out your holiday shopping. The industrious craft maker from the Northeast is utilizing an organic approach. She can sell you moose poop artwork for the holidays. Her dingleberries, as she calls them, are all the rage. She takes a piece of wood, then attaches five ornaments and five balls of moose poop, and she sells each dingleberry for about $45. I'm thinking the obvious question here is branding. Shouldn't these things be called jingleberries? Next week, husband's <laughs> wife finds wife with husband's other lover. It's a sick, sick world. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Tommy. 700 WLW. It's hard to believe, but it's been 38 years. Our life together is so precious. Together we have grown. We have grown, although our love is still special. Let's take a chance and fly away somewhere.
From 1980's Double Fantasy by John Lennon and Yoko Ono, just like starting over. And in a sense, as this was being recorded, John Lennon was starting over, getting to know his young child and reacquainting himself with his lover of 11 years, Yoko Ono. Back in New York after the lost weekend in L.A., doing some recording late night. And the night of December 8th, they walked back from that studio to their apartment in the Dakota building. And on the way home, encountered by a crazed fan, a Mark David Chapman holding an album he first asked John to sign, and then he shot the former Beatle dead. Most people found out about it on Monday Night Football when Howard Cosell oh, delivered yeah. the loon. Howard Cosell had been become a friend of John Lennon's in New York and actually had him on Monday Night Football once. Uh, I was working at a station in Tennessee. I was living with my parents still and working part-time at this station in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is about 50 miles away from where I live. And so, you know, even making good money, which I wasn't, I spent most of the money I made part-time in Murfreesboro for gas, basically, to get back and forth and to stay in radio. But the station I was on was upping their transmitter power from like 50,000 to 100,000 watts. And they were going to do an experiment that night to check out the new transmitter. So I'm sitting at home, my parents' house, at 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, waiting for the transmitter to kick on. And the first thing I hear is they sign on the station, and they're playing Beatles music, and they're playing John Lennon. John Lennon has been shot and killed. Do you remember where you were, Jim? I was watching Howard Cosell, and the next day I had... Playboy magazine did this long, extensive interview with John Lennon. A yeah. great, great interview. And he talked about death. He talked about his wife. He talked about the child. And I had that. So the next day, you know, of course, I'm on WLW doing the afternoon drive show. And I'm talking about John Lennon and, and playing. We were playing Starting Over and, and songs from that album. And, and I'm playing back that interview. And it was uh, it was tearful to listen back to, to, to what, what Lennon you know, what, what he went through, because he went through that, that period the last weekend when we were off the air talking about May Pang is the girlfriend that, that she gave him, uh, Oko gave him a girlfriend, and mm-hmm. that one weekend, I guess, lasted a long time. It was like a year with, and a half, two years. Yeah, he, he, he went out to L.A., the he, West Coast, hung out with Harry Nielsen, yeah, and talk, basically got drunk and thrown out of every bar in Southern California. I talked to a number of people over the years who, who encountered him during that period, other musicians, and, and he was crazy. But so now he cleans his life up, mm-hmm. he gives an autograph to a kid, and the kid, a kid murders him. And yeah. it's like he's found himself, this is a new John Lennon, and I love the album. The album was great. The music was incredible. Oh, yeah. And he's found himself. He's found peace. Woman watching the wheels. Oh, all the songs on the He's on at peace with fantasy. himself. He's got a child to raise. And, man, that's just, it was, that hit everybody. Just tragic. And, and that's a fan. This is a guy who's, hey, would you do this? Yeah. And he was, the thing was, he was accessible. He was very accessible. People knew where he was. John Lennon walked around New York City. With Yoko, he walked down a main street. You know, you'd see mm-hmm. you'd see John Lennon. You know who does that? Paul does that. Paul McCartney actually does that. What? Walk down the street. You know, not like Elvis. Elvis was you know confined to Graceland. 
and then bodyguards all over him. He never walked. Had his entourage with him. So he never walked anywhere. But but Paul, with no bodyguard, walks around New York. You know, in London, you can find him in London. So well, he's probably smoked enough pot. He won't feel it if it happens. (laughs) Uh, We'll take a break and come back. Seven hundred WLW. Good morning. It's seven forty-six. Seven hundred WLW. Gary Jeff Walker. A song that sprung out of a poem written by Harry Chapin's wife, one of the all-time classics. A child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. Jim LaBarber, the music professor, our guest this morning in the studio. The book is Jim LaBarbera, The Music Professor, A Life Amplified by Radio and Rock and Roll, now in paperback. And Jim, you had a uh, Harry Chapin story. Oh, boy, I love this guy. Doesn't everybody? On December the 3rd, 1979, the headliner at the Palace Theater was Harry Chapin, and and it was my pleasure to introduce him. And the guy gave him a long introduction like I would normally do for December 3rd, 1979. Exactly. So I'm, I'm That on, was the same night as the exactly, Who tragedy. Exactly. So I'm on stage with Harry. He gives me a big smile because I gave him a big introduction. He said, looked at me and smiled and said something nice. And, and then I, I was supposed to interview him before, before the show and uh, never got around to it because he was so busy. And then when I did get to interview him, it was a while later, and he said, you know, he said, I'm so sorry. He said, I, I had you on the schedule. He said, I, I live like, like a political campaign. And he was on this, this journey to end world hunger. And okay. he really did. I mean, this yeah, guy I remember really did. That. This guy really did. So he gave like 50% of his earnings. He would give to, And then he had a crew of people that he, he supported more than just his wife and, and his child. But he had this little boy, Josh, and Sandy wrote the poem. They set the poem to music. And, and I said, what, what did you think about that? And he said it was it was Sandy kind of jabbing him because he was never he was never home. He, he was, was always home, yeah. on the road. He said always on the road, doing uh, over two hundred concerts a year and taking these late night flights. And he'd get home and and, and then go to bed. And uh, and that was about her uh, her first husband's relationship with his father. That was what it was based on originally. Right. And then she added some things to it. And it was about you know Harry related to it with his son Josh. And he told me he was going to cut back on his schedule and. Uh, uh, it was shortly after I interviewed him that, that he that he died, and he was on his way to another charity event. Mm-hmm. And w- when that happened, I, I was on this station playing his music in the afternoon, and there was one inter- one part of the interview that uh, I reflected on as I and I've done that over the years because Harry told me he said, and I felt better when I when I listened back to it. He said, "I got the best job in the world. I get a chance to sing my own music where I want." when I want, for thousands of people, and make thousands of dollars, and I'm able to apply that to things that I believe in, and I couldn't be happier. It's an amazing feeling to have a chance to do what you love and get paid for it. And I yeah. thought, I thought so, you know, good, good, I mean, sad that he died, and I guess he, they, they think he had a heart attack and went off the road. But he wasn't driving like a big limousine or anything. Like, no. He lived, you know, just a, a every, Spartan life. Yeah, but he gave so much back, and... Uh, I, I love talking with him and meeting him and talking uh, backstage with him. And then the interview itself, he was very generous with his time when he did have the time. And um, he did that other song, W-O-L-D. I love that song. And I asked him, I said, Jim Connor was a disc jockey. I didn't, I didn't know him, but he worked in Erie on another radio station when I was there. And he married a young teenage girl, and, they, and he got a job in Boston. And uh, he, he had told the story, and, and, and Char- Harry referenced him a couple of times over the years in interviews, and he said, yeah, it was, I, it was Jim, Jim influenced me to write that song, but 
it wasn't just about Jim Connor, the disc jockey. He said it was about so many other disc jockeys I met. And it's so true, you know. Oh, the W O L D lyrics. We, we, I think a lot of us have lived that song in some way or another. Absolutely. Every disc jockey. That's know. why I love the song so much. Yeah. But Harry Chapin, just that that the whole story about the, the cats in the cradle, the kids and yeah, that and many, many more stories. Where can people get the book, Jim, if they want? Well, to. you should be able to pick it up at the, in the bookstores, but if you can't, you can go to jimlebarber.com. I have a, a website. Okay. Check out the website. Then there's just a few updates in the book from the original book. Did you ever stop and sell them out of the back of the Volkswagen or anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, Banks told me that when the book came, when the book came out, uh, and incidentally, he had a birthday yesterday. Yesterday, Johnny yeah, Bench's birthday. Yeah, got, yeah. We went back and forth yesterday. But uh, uh, he uh, he said, I, I said, I was on Channel 9, I was on Channel 12, I was on Channel 19. This is when the book first came out. And then he said, yeah, but you can't, where can you buy it? You can't buy the book, can you? You can't buy the book. And I said, John, funny, what, what are you talking about? Because he thanked me for, for putting him in the book. And I said, you're right. Uh, I did the Joseph Beth had the books by the bank festival. I sold out down there. They, they were the ones that sponsored it. So they bought a ton of books, but it was in their warehouse. They didn't have it. I went down to the store in, in the, the Pavilion Rook, Rookwood and it wasn't down there. I couldn't find it. And then the other, why wouldn't they have it on the shelf? I don't know. They, they were, you know, so, and then, uh, Is it some conspiracy, yeah, that then, but, they, but that's the way they do. And then the major, I'm trying to think of the major book chain that went out of the bookstore chain that went out of the business. And he, and he said, and they, they bought 69 copies immediately, and they shipped them all to their warehouse in New Jersey. So I had friends who bought, bought the book through the bookstore. I'm trying to think of the chain of the bookstore. Barnes & Noble, yeah. And uh, they had to wait five days to get a copy of the book. And, I, and John said, hey, I know all about it. They did the same thing. I said, what do you do with the books you have? He said, I, appearances. He said, people buy them in appearances. He said, but the there you go, store, man. I said, you, you, me, I understand. You, I don't understand. Jim, this is what I've understood. I mean, unless you're James Patterson, right? Unless you're a best-selling author who's got tons of books and people demand that they be on the shelves everywhere. And not that this book isn't a fantastic book and, and people who are interested in radio or rock and roll or just in the man, Jim LaBarber, the music professor, should own the book. I am proud that you gave me a copy and signed it. But this is what I've I've understood, that unless you're a big-timer, yeah. totally a yeah, big-timer, you got to carry the merch with you. Yeah. Whether it's shirts, whether it's CDs, whether it's, you know, CDs, listen to me, <laughs> books, you know, you got to carry the merch. You always have to have the merch with you at some point. So just remember that. Always yeah. keep an extra... Okay. Keep an extra copy or two with you just in case you're mobbed by a 70-year-old woman at Kenwood Town Center who wants to buy your book. That's twenty two ninety five in your pocket without the middleman, dude. Come on. I mean, that's just the way it works. We got Science Mike still to come. We have gifts from Wally. I think I have a joke. You know, that that's another thing. This has become very, very. It's the biggest thing I worry about on Saturday morning is finding a joke. But for you have so many. I know we sit in here and you're looking for a joke. You have so many. You should write a book. And you know what that book would be? I don't like a to recycle book. them. You would have the toilet book. Oh, Every you're right. Toilet in the country, in Cincinnati for sure, would have your your joke book. And just have three your every day your joke. You know, it would make that even more successful. That make that even more successful. If in the back of the book you had about ten pages of just. Good tissue. 
So they're not tearing out the pages and wiping with the actual pages. They can wipe with the actual, like, you know, good double meshed. Marketing with Kroger. Kroger sells books. Get in with Kroger. They have their tissue line. Absolutely. We've got a break. We've got Science Mike on the other side of news, which is coming up in just a few moments. More stories from Jim LaBarber, the music professor. And if you find a way to weasel your way into a phone call, that'd be fine, too. 700-WLW. Into another hour this Saturday morning edition. Saturday, December 8, 2018. Friend Ray from the Village Grocery called last hour. Reminding us that uh, at the, the Pearl Harbor commemoration yesterday, there were no living. Sur- there are about four or five survivors of Pearl Harbor who are still breathing air with the rest of us. And they're all either too old or too ill to make the commemoration uh, celebration or the memoriam of Pearl Harbor, which, of course, was yesterday. Today was the day that war was declared against Imperial Japan in the aftermath of that attack. But uh you know, we are losing these people at such an incredible rate. And, you know, it's just time. It's what happens over yeah. a period of time. If you ever get but, a chance to go to Pearl Harbor, make, make sure you do that. Go to Hawaii. If you're on a vacation to see that, take the time to stop by there. It is something. It's on the bucket list. I don't know how quickly that's going to happen. Keepsake Kim Rice, what's going on, my dear? Oh, good morning, Gary, Jeff, morning. and Jim. How morning. are you guys? Good. What's up? Hey, first off, I wanted to say what you and Krista 2.0 do on Thanksgiving is just so special. It's become a tradition for Bruce and me, and we well, wouldn't miss what it for you, anything What now. you guys do is so special. Aw, and, well, and we enjoy it. Your husband is a premier, and you with him. You're a great team, a turkey carver, and he's yes. he's one of the few Bruce I know that are, that are heterosexual. <laughs> So well, you, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> what I bet you are as his wife. So uh, what else is going on? So tomorrow down in Mount Lookout Square, we have our annual Luminaria, and we have a special event um, tomorrow night in front of Rody Funeral Home, um, where we have a fire pit, s'mores, cookies, hot chocolate from Lookout Joe's. They're kind, and uh, and then we celebrate. It's actually. The end of Hanukkah, um, I think Hanukkah is over on Monday, so right. we'll have a menorah, and then we have Santa, and we have buses that do round-trip um, runs from the square up to the observatory to their um, little event, open house, and the luminary, the streets are lined with luminarias all through Mount Lookout. We sold 550 kits. Nice. So that's, so yeah, it's beautiful, and it's all free events, um, so... It's going to be a beautiful night. Might be a little cold. Maybe what? it's cold outside, but it's you know. <laughs> well, it'll be you know. Beautiful. Let, let me ask you this, Kim. What time does it start again tomorrow night in Mount Lookout? Six thirty. Six thirty p.m. Yeah. All right, Luminaria. And uh, thank you much. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, okay. Thank you. Uh, Jim, you've got Luminaria in Sycamore Township. Yeah, that's tonight. T- uh, tonight. The Sycamore Dillon Vale uh, Luminaria tonight, six to eight. That's at uh, Bechtold Park. Um, and that's the 4312 Sycamore Road. That's where we have the festival every year. Sure. Back to Old Park, uh, big luminary tonight, uh, 6 to 8. And then she made pretty much the same. We have hot chocolate, cookies, everything's free. Uh, Santa Claus is going to now, tonight he'll be with us from 6 to 8. Hayride, face painting for the kids. So a lot of activities. So it should be a good time. You're tonight. talking about people with busy schedules. Yeah. Santa Claus, I mean, oh, he never man. really takes a break. Yeah, it really. 
And that's tonight, 6 to 8. So he's not cracking the whip over the elves to make the toys in time, you know, and then he's got that big trip that he makes every year. But he's everywhere prior to Christmas. Yeah. That's I don't, I don't know how he gets it all done. Time now for a check-in with our uh, scientist, our staff scientist, Science Mike, with another Science Minute here on the Saturday Morning Edition. Yes, but as a known scientist, it's a bit surprising if the girl blinded me with something. Michael, good morning. What you got? Uh, good, good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing great. Hey, is, isn't the uh, the Pearl Harbor Memorial, isn't that closed right now? I mean, didn't they have to find cracks in the... Uh, I don't know. I visited they, a number of years ago. Yeah, so did I. But I thought it was trying maybe, to repair that. Maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. So we have a uh, out of the National Institute of Health. We have a new male birth control that they're going to do a test study on 420 couples. All right. So this uh, this uh, male birth control is a is a simple gel, and uh, so it, it, has, it doesn't require any snipping. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Um, it has progestin and testosterone in the gel, and you put it on once daily, okay? All right. And uh, it uh, takes the sperm count and basically makes it almost down to zero, and the testosterone keeps your sex drive. So the, biggest, the uh, one funny thing about it is that uh, social media, women are, uh, are pretty upset over it. <laughs> They're complaining because it's uh, so easy for a male just to rub something like sunscreen on their shoulders and uh, as opposed to, to the female who has to take, you know, hormone birth control pills or, or so other so hold on a second hold on a second <laughs> the guy is is rubbing this stuff on his shoulders and that affects it, his sperm count right it, it gets absorbed through the skin and changes oh, okay. his uh yeah so the women are like uh making some comments i, I didn't like, know if uh, it had to- it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Be more direct. I was just. No, no, I thought it was direct the way he was talking. Yeah. That's, that's no, saying. no, it was just a topical on your on your back. So I don't know how you're going to reach your back, but anyhow, the uh, women are kind of uh, some are happy about it, some are some are upset about it. Some make comments like it's it's good. You at least you have, you know empty the bullet instead of trying to shoot through a bulletproof vest. So yes, uh, absolutely. We'll All right, <laughs> Michael. Goes. Well, thank have you very day. much, sir. You too. You just made it a great day. Seven hundred WLW. Coming up on sixteen minutes past the hour in this Saturday morning edition. Stephen from South Carolina, what say you, my friend? I'm glad you called. I was thinking about you this week. Oh, why were you thinking about me? I was in the shower. <laughs> well, we're in the uh, the path of winter storm Diego. Oh, and and the weather forecasters are really kind of in arms. They don't know how much snow or what we're going to get. It could be upwards of eight, ten inches of snow here. Tomorrow, so that's a lot of snow for South Carolina. Yeah, it is. Well, but I, 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 good. Good morning, Jim LaBarbera. Good morning. Good morning. Where, where, was, in, where in South Carolina do you live? It, well, in Greer, South Carolina, just outside of Greenville. It's a suburb of Greenville. That's a nice little town. That's a beautiful little town. Well, yeah, it's very nice. Very nice. I was going to ask you about songs in your career that you remember that have been pulled off radio playlists. 
like baby it's cold outside is, is the latest one that's on right now well they're coming to take us away uh that napoleon the what, 14th yeah which netley perry samuels who at wlw that's his brother perry samuels was yeah. the senior vice president of bavco broadcasting they're coming to it. take me away that was, uh-huh. they're coming to take brother. me away he he yeah that's to the funny brother. farm where life is beautiful all the time yes. and i'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats and they're coming to take me away yeah uh-huh. we, we had a, it became a number one record when i was in cleveland and uh, there was so much publicity against it we had to we had to take it off yeah we pulled that off the air and uh luke christie uh lightning strikes it was talking about making love and they had to pull that and change the lyrics. Uh, Brown Eyed Girl actually originally had Making Love. They changed the lyrics a little bit on that. Those were some of the songs, but uh, no, the, the big one was that they're coming to take us away that uh, that I, I recall. Because it was it was anti-crazy people. Yeah. And the guy apparently, the one of the PR things that he had, and I, I Perry passed away. I never had a chance to ask him. The, he had said he was in a mental institute because when they stay, they came down on him. You're knocking mentally uh, people who are in institutions. He said, "Oh, I was in one myself." So I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I probably should have been on several occasions. Uh, listen, Stephen, it's great to talk to you. All right, we have to go to the grocery store and get bread and milk. All right, That's a good weekend, stock guys. up. So anyway, real quickly, in, in about three minutes, if you can tell this story about sure. you and your buddy in eighth grade. Well, it's, it, it's in the book, by the way. Um, the music professor, a life amplified by radio and rock and roll. But this is like before yeah, you this, got into business. This kind of ties into science, Mike, uh, because it was, uh, although it's unscientific, Sonny Dzinski, I just heard from this guy. I haven't heard from him in years. He's down in Florida, and he emailed me with Thanksgiving, and it was so good to hear hear from him. But but he he and I, in that, that summer after eighth grade, between eighth and ninth grade, we would go to a swimming pool in Pittsburgh, uh, the North Park swimming pool, large swimming pool, and we would lie on our stomachs out of boredom to get a tan, and we would watch the young girls walk by. Well, of course. And we discovered, uh, and that's just to- totally out of boredom, if, uh, and we were getting a tan, too, at the same time. We discovered that if a girl had well-developed calf muscles, then she would also have a full figure. She was well endowed up top if exactly. she had well developed calf muscle. Yeah, these now, are eighth graders. Now, this was almost in every occasion. Yeah, we if a girl walked by with nice calf muscles, we'd take turns looking up. Sure. Yep, we'd put the finger up. Yep, that's, that's another one, and we were very, very seldom wrong. Now, this again now is before silicone and breast implants and oh, all sure. this stuff going on. And although this was unscientific, uh, this study conducted on I'm telling you hundreds of girls that summer by two young boys was. Well, as you say, yeah. times are different. Yeah. There are different ways to aesthetically enhance yourself that weren't available back then. But I am going to make a point, and hopefully my wife won't be watching while I notice. I'll do a survey today at the bar to see if the well-developed calf muscles Check on a woman yeah. are going to equate to... Do you think it's a possibility, Grant? Well, uh, because, uh, you know, I, I'm going to tell you now that's, that's going to be tougher to do that because of the... Well, number one, it's winter, surgery. so people, people have surgery, the surgery jeans now. on, and, you know, I'm not going to see yeah. any skirts. Implants. Leggings. Yeah, you could look through the leggings, yeah, I guess. Tough. That's tough. Yoga pants, right? Maybe. Krista, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to be doing that. <clears throat> Gifts from Wally ahead in just a few, probably, as far as you know. Gifts from Wally just ahead in a few moments. <laughs> and we'll also have Mo Egger. It's a Crosstown Shootout Weekend. Big doings with the big city hoops. And uh, the Bengals are playing the Chargers because, well, they're on the schedule. And they have to play the rest of the schedule 
and I predict, I've predicted they are going to lose out the rest of the year. They're going to lose to the Browns in Cleveland. The, hell, they lost the Browns here. That's they're going to they're going to lose to the Oakland Raiders. That's how sad the Bengals are. And it's not it's not Jeff Driscoll's fault. It's not a, it's not Andy Dalton's fault. It's no, it's not sort of Dalton's fault. No, it's not. It's the fact that he's surrounded by a team that absolutely sucks. And now uh, the players that sucked less are injured. Um, now, mediocre front office comes before the mediocre QB because if there weren't a mediocre front office and a mediocre coaching staff, the quarterback would be at least serviceable. I'm telling you that. No, Grant, it's not Dalton's fault. Was it Jeff Driscoll's fault last weekend? No. I don't care if he's, I don't care if he's making his first start. You're the man if you're the starter. Suck it up and take the credit or take the blame. That's what I say. And I am more important than you, Grant. 700 WLW. Good morning, kids. It's time for gifts from Wally. Did they really live happily ever after? Cinderella, now at the ripe old age of 80, after fulfilling life with the now passed away prince, sitting happily on a rocking chair, watching the world go by from her front porch with her cat named Alan for companionship. Sunny afternoon, out of the blue, the fairy godmother appears. Cinderella says, fairy godmother, what are you doing here after all these years? She replied, well, Cinderella, as you've lived a good, wholesome life since we last met, I've decided to grant you three wishes. Is there anything to which your heart still yearns? She thinks about it. Under her breath, she goes, fairy godmother, I wish I was wealthy beyond comprehension. Boom. The rocking chair she's sitting in turns gold. Oh, gee. And the cat, Alan is afraid of this and scampers off of her lap and look in the corner, tail all fluffed out. Oh, thank you, fairy godmother. Fairy godmother replied, what about your second wish, Cinderella? She said, I wish I was young and beautiful again. And magically, the golden hair returns, her figure. It's like she's 21 all over, and she's absolutely stunning. Then the fairy godmother godmother spoke again. You have one more wish. What will you have? She looks at Alan, the cat, and says, I wish he was a young and handsome boy. And boom, the cat suddenly becomes this beautiful, just muscles everywhere, and just gorgeous man. And the fairy godmother says, Enjoy your wishes, dear. You deserve them. And as soon as the fairy godmother's gone, Alan walks over, this big, buxom, handsome dude. To this beautiful Cinderella. Oh, my. Sits next to her. Oh, it's magic. And he leans and he says, I bet you wish you hadn't had me neutered now. It's the Saturday morning edition on 700 WLW. Joining us on the telephone as he does almost every weekend. Unless he forgets to turn his ringer on or he's really, really busy. Like uh, Mo Egger. Hey, Mo. Hey, what's up? So how did the, uh, the toy thing go last weekend? Uh- Good. We filled a couple of shopping carts uh, full, full of toys. Very, very cool. And one of your listeners brought me breakfast. Yeah, well, I didn't do that, and I could have. Somebody who was listening to this program, and whoever that was, whoever that woman was, my God, I have the best listeners in the world. That was big league. She came up big. That was uh, much appreciated. And you didn't get your 
your egg mc whatever, but you got some Chick Fil A, right? Because there's got some Chick Fil A, which is uh, perfectly fine. That was very, very kind of that woman, and she donated some toys. Wow. You know what? I suck, but my listeners are great. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mo, um, there's some basketball game going on today that's apparently a big deal around here. You know, I've only been here in the, the Cincinnati area, the tri-state area, for, for 24 years. But even in that short amount of time, I've heard something about this. Explain exactly what this basketball game is and what the implications are, if you will. Uh, the, uh, the two Cincinnati division one basketball programs play each other. That would be, correct me if I'm wrong. And I know you will the university of Cincinnati and uh, Xavier university, correct? Yes. Yes. And the fate of the world hangs in the balance. That's what uh, I was. That's what I was told by someone. That's kind of how it feels sometimes. Uh, no, it's, it's my favorite event in the city. It's my favorite sporting event. Nothing against anything else. I'm a huge opening day guy, you know, all that, but, uh, I, I like this. I, I, it's it's uh, the moments before tip off of a of a crosstown shootout to me are the absolute best. And Just electric, a, an absolutely electric atmosphere. No matter where the game is played, you know, maybe a little bit more charged up this year because of of UC's new arena. But uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun today, starting at uh, two o'clock. When I first got here, I remember the uh, I don't know how much of it was theater. But the open animosity between Huggins and uh, Gillen, uh, that was so much fun to watch. It was like watching a WWE thing. Are they going to shake hands or aren't they? You know, what's going to happen this year? That was cool. Yeah, no, it was, you know, it was a lot of fun back then. And there have been more layers added to it uh, over the last couple of decades. Obviously, you know, it sort of reached ahead in 2011 when they had the, uh, the fight. The brawl, the, two teams, the, the basket brawl. brawl, and it you know it, it we we will I think fortunately never have anything approaching that again. But you know these there's I don't I don't like the word hatred, but there's there's some disdain I think that exists, and and I don't think that's unhealthy. I I think it's sort of how it it has to work, and uh, yeah. it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of guys playing in this game today who have not played in a crosstown shootout, so. Hey, Mo, do, you know, do the players, the out-of-town guys, so many of them, do they know the history? Are they are they pumped up like uh, like the fans are? You know, all the time I hear how, um, you know, the players, to them, it's just another game. They don't get caught up in it. Most of them aren't from here. And then I go to the game, and uh, I see how charged up they are. And, and frankly, uh, Xavier's guys have been more charged up in recent years than than UC's players have. Uh, I don't. I don't buy the notion that you know to the players they don't know what the crosstown shootout is. First of all, they hear about it. I'm sure from students on campus and people around town. Probably first day they're on campus. They hear yeah, about. all year long. And and by the time the game gets here, I think they have a you know such a sense of of the hype of the game that they play differently than they do against almost any other opponent, regardless of of what school they play for. I think tradition is so cool in college sports, uh, whether it's Ohio State, Michigan, you can pick, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, whatever. But Xavier UC is right up there with those traditional rivalries. And they do engender and and spark some a certain level of animosity uh, back and forth, which, like you said, that that's kind of a good thing. That's kind of what makes it special. Mick Cronin said whichever team – was the more physical usually wins, and I I was thinking about that 
just in relation to the rest of life. That's the way it usually goes. There are, <laughs> there are the occasional David and Goliath, but the most physical bear is going to win and, and take the piece of salmon and maybe claw the other one's eyes out. The most physical lion is going to be, you know, the leader of the pride or whatever. So, I mean, that's that's one of those statements that's like, yeah, kind of understood. It, it is kind of understood, but I, I think it's accurate in this case. And you think of physicality, uh, you think of rebounding. And, look, yeah. Cincinnati offensively, they're, they're, they can be challenged at times. There's, there's, a, there's no doubt about that. So uh, do they get extra possessions on the offensive glass? Um, and do they take a, a Xavier team that is not a great shooting team and limit them to, to one shot and out? I think if, if the Bearcats rebound the ball um, to the level that I think they can, I think they're likely to win the game. Um, now, you know, most UC fans would tell you that in this game, it always feels like someone that you don't expect, a musketeer that you don't expect uh, to have a good game offensively comes from nowhere and has a good game offensively. You know, last year it was Karen Cantor. Uh, it, it, you know, D. Davis a couple of years ago, the, the Bearcats were very happy to leave him wide open because he wasn't a good three-point shooter, and he made five of them. So there's typically for Xavier, uh, they shoot from three so well in this game. It's not a good Xavier outside shooting team this season. So, you know, does suddenly that change? But I, I agree with Mick. I think it's, I think it comes down to two things. I think number one, the level of physicality and number two, I think if we were drafting, if we, if we took the two rosters and you and I were drafting a team, our first pick would be Jaron Cumberland. Um, I think from then you would probably pick a couple of Xavier players. Um, so what that tells you is if Jaron Cumberland doesn't have a big game offensively, you know, you kind of wonder, okay, who's going to pick up that slack? Uh, he is averaging 15 points a game. He has scored 15 points in his first two cross-down shootouts. He needs 15 or more today. If he gets that, I think UC is going to win. If he doesn't, then who's going to take up? Uh, that scoring load because, uh, it, again, it's kind of an offensively challenged team. Hey, beautiful venue. That, that place is absolutely fabulous. Went to a game there a couple of weeks back. Home court advantage with the fans? Oh, no doubt about it, man. You know, this is, uh, it, 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 this is something I think that when, when they built the new arena, and look, the old Fifth Third had its charms and could get loud, but I think the idea was, uh, you know, let's, let's make a place where, you know, a little bit more closed in, uh, a little less room for the sound to go. And, uh, you know, obviously the Ohio State game, whatever home court advantage was, you know, sort of mitigated by the fact the Bearcats shot the ball so poorly. But I think they've had this game, you know, targeted for a while. This is where we're going to show everybody, you know, what this arena can be, how, how loud it can be, what kind of home court advantage it can provide. But remember this. The first crosstown shootout played in the Cintas Center, Cincinnati won by 20. Uh, so, um, you know, it, it, and Xavier has come into fifth third before and won. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I think there's a home court advantage, but I think once the ball goes well, up and the crowd settles in, it's about, you know, who executes. What year was it? UC was number one and they got throttled by Xavier. When, when did that happen? Well, they never got throttled. No, they, but... Twice they were number one, uh, the 96-97 season. They were preseason number one in the country. Yeah. And Lenny Brown hit the shot. Uh, That's that, right. That'd be you right. know, Andy, Andy McWilliams' uh, famous call of, 
You know, UC's number one in the country, but number two in their own city. Yes. Uh, Charles Williams dribbled the ball off his foot, uh, but the game tied, gave the ball to Xavier, and then uh, Lenny Brown made the shot uh, 21 years ago. And then in the uh, 2000 season, 99-2000, UC was number one. That was Kenyon Martin's senior year. Yep. And it was the final shootout played at uh, Cincinnati Gardens. And uh, Xavier just took the fight to that Cincinnati team that I didn't think, you know, it's been almost 20 years, I didn't think played that poorly that night. But uh, Xavier was just better. Kevin Fry had a good game. And Cincinnati lost two games all year in the regular season. And that was that was one of them. Army-Navy game. You want to talk about tradition in college football. That uh, goes on today, you know. And, and the, the wild thing about Army-Navy. Are you still there, Mo? I'm here. Okay. The weird thing about Army-Navy is that, you know, it's it's always this weekend after all of the rest of college football is finished. And, you know, the teams are, are never, you know, teams that are going to play in a national championship. But it's a huge thing. And from a historical standpoint, I always remember the, the game that was played on Sunday, December 7th, and they found out as the game was going on that Pearl Harbor had been attacked. So yesterday is the anniversary of Pearl Harbor and the Army-Navy game. Any comments on that at all? It's one of my bucket list uh, sporting events that I have yet to go to, uh, regardless of where it is, Baltimore, Jersey, or, or uh, Philadelphia, which is where it is this year. It's it's one of the great uh, spe- TV spectacles yeah. in all the sports. And I think it's cool that they play the game when they do, because uh, typically, who watches Army or Navy football? Um, but today, it's need a football fan. Everybody! Today. Exactly. <laughs> who wants today, to watch football? Yeah, today, if you need a football fix, that's the only game you can watch. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the neat, uh, it's one of the neat spectacles. And you talk about rivalry. I mean, I, when, when you hear uh, Army and Navy, um, alums, alums from those institutions, sure. uh, who played, uh, they talk very emotionally about how they did in that game. And you talk about, uh, you know, backdrops for the Army Navy game. You know, remember in 2001, uh, just a couple of months after 9-11, you know, those, those players, the, the seniors for those institutions were playing in that game. And then obviously they have a military commitment for five years. Many knew they were likely going to war very, yeah. very soon thereafter. And so it added an energy to that game that, uh, you know, you, you typically don't have. No, it's cool. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a neat spectacle. And one year, I keep telling myself this every year, one year I'm going to go. All right. Uh, what's on the blog, Mo? I chatted with Mick Cronin and Travis Steele, both coaches in the uh, Crosstown shootout. And uh, I wrote about the thing that I think makes the shootout the best. And it's not basketball, so check that out. Do you have any listeners as good as mine who would bring you breakfast? I thought the question was going to be, do you have any listeners? And and sometimes, frankly, I, I wonder if the answer is yes. Oh, at, almost every time I'm on at night. That's That's incredible. <laughs> There's no gauge at all for that. Mo, have a great weekend and uh, go UC. Right, go man, XU. Enjoy. All right, <laughs> bye. Mike Allen up next. A balmy 22 degrees. Jim and Barbara, real quickly, tell me about Luminary tonight. Yeah, Sycamore Township, Dillonville. Luminary tonight, six to eight. Uh, family event. Bring the kids, food, hay rides, Santa Claus, Bechtold Park, 4312 Sycamore Road tonight, 6 to 8, hot chocolate cookies, free parking, face painting, Santa Claus will be there. And tomorrow night, Mount, Mount Lookout Square.
Mount Lookout Square, same thing, 6.30 for their luminary celebration. Uh, Mike Allen. Hey, Gary, Jeff. Didn't we already know that the president, through Michael Cohen, made payments to Stormy Daniels? Didn't, I thought we did. did thought didn't we already know while. that the Karen McDougal thing was out there, too? Yeah. Why was yesterday such a big deal? Then? I don't get You mean with Comey? Well, with Cohen. And, and the Mueller sentence and, and the Justice Department saying that the president was involved in illegal activity. Well, let's see it. it. You know, show your cards. Enough time has gone by. they got to put up or shut up. Yeah. Well, they're, they're already making that claim. Yeah. Said this means this. and this and, and We pres- shall see. The president says, this clears me. <laughs> I've seen no proof, no evidence even of any kind of collusion with the Russians vis-a-vis President Trump. I mean, it's Which is what this was supposed to be all about, or obstruction of justice, which I don't see that either. Well, they can stretch the uh, the definition and the meaning of obstruction of justice all they want, but what I've seen so far doesn't fit the federal statute. So real quickly, what's on Saturday midday today? Uh, Saturday morning rant, Cincinnati City Council wants to spend $900,000 on a study for institutional racism, I'm going to talk about that, whether it's necessary or needed. <laughs> you know, and, and most people don't even know what institutional racism is. Uh, at 10 o'clock, we're going to talk to Jason Williams from Politics Extra at the Inquirer about uh, catch up on things political in the city. Mm-hmm. Then finally, at 1030, we're going to talk to Jennifer Edwards Baker from Fox 19 and get an update on the uh, Pike County murders and how all that's going. I thought the texts were coming out today. According to one Cincinnati City Councilman talking to a reporter, the texts were coming out today either at Cincinnati.com or the postage stamp printed in Columbus. You know what? I don't know. I I, expect that to happen. I'd be surprised. Uh, They now have a special master, Attorney Doug Nicholas, looking at it. And I got the impression it was going to take a while, but we'll see. All right. Thank you. Mike Allen, Saturday midday. The After the Show show today at Huddle's Cafe, 628. We'll be there 11 to 7. Come see us. Have a drink. Whatever. Tip well. 700 WLW. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.